I think what you just said, that's one of the messages I, I say all the time. The only person we can change is ourselves. And so when it comes to the relationship work I often do, I think the most transformation you'll experience in your relationship, whether you're married or not, is the work you do on yourself. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. All right, ladies, it is a very special day today. Uh, We always love when we have guests in, but we have a very special guest today. I'm so excited about. Uh, We have Jamie Morgan. She is a Gottman-trained relationship and personal growth coach who works with couples to create their own version of easy love filled with healthy communication, effective conflict resolution, and connection. She also works with women who have been through divorce to let go of their past while stepping into the most confident and fulfilling chapter of their life. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I love it. Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, Jamie. Hi. So thanks so much for coming today. We're so happy to have you here. Well, I'm grateful you invited me. Thank you. Yes, we're looking forward to all your wisdom. Um, so you are very candid about your journey and about uh, finding love after divorce, which has obviously, I imagine, led you to where you are today and what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about that and how that brought you to this journey. Okay. Yeah, I always joke that I am the relationship coach who's divorced, (laughs) but I'm also happily remarried. So since my divorce, I have met and married. Actually, that's not true. I didn't. I knew Justin for more than 20 years when we first started dating. We were, it was all platonic, but timing is everything. And yeah, we have been married for almost three years now and I couldn't be happier. So I think that everything... Everything kind of happens for a reason, but um, yeah, we've definitely found that, you know, we're each other's person and it just mm. feels different. It's like magic when it connects mm. like that. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And I love that sometimes it's okay if it's not on your first time. You know, there's, like you always talk about there's still hope. So I know I just read on one of your, um, I think it was social media posts about if you're in the thick of it right now, don't worry. There's hope. There's always hope and light at the end of the path. It's so true. I think that, No matter, you know, I speak obviously towards divorce, but so many of those earth shattering hardships that we've all experienced in our lives are such huge opportunities for change and looking at things with different perspective. And so for me, I really want to rewrite the narrative around divorce. I think Mm. that, of course, it's hard. And it can be devastating. And everybody's stories around divorce might be a little different. We don't all have the exact same circumstances. But I don't think there's too many out there that wouldn't attest that it's it's a tough time. It's like, for, for lack of better words, it can feel like a, a death. Mm. And it is an ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally. is. It's the ending of a part of your life. But at that very same time, if you are able to, and when you're able to, choose to shift your mindset and your perspective around the divorce and see it equally, sometimes if not more, as opportunity to recreate yourself, recreate your life and really, you know, attract into your reality the exact life you've always desired. Mm. I do love that about your messaging. I like when you 
a lot of your posts, I, I find they say things like, it doesn't have to be the end. It can be like a beginning of a new chapter. Mm-hmm. People, like you're saying, yeah, you, it can be what you've always wanted. You have this opportunity in front of you. It's the reframing is different. Of it. Yeah, it like creates that. space, more space for new things that are actually meant for you. Yeah. Right. And then you can create, like you said, that life that you've always, you know, dreamt of. Yeah. With yourself first, and then you will attract that person to fit into the life you're creating versus mm. trying to, you know, get all these uh, people shifted and changed. And you, because you can't change a person, you can only change yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. I think what you just said, that's one of the messages I, I say all the time. The only person we can change is ourselves. And so when it comes to the relationship work I often do, I think the most transformation you'll experience in your relationship, whether you're married or not, is the work you do on yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's willing to be able to own your stuff, own your stuff, sorry, self-reflect and really become clear on who you are at your core mm-hmm. and what you desire and kind of working on that confidence and clarity. And when that starts happening within yourself, it is amazing what can happen in your relationship. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So do you think then, would you say in your, say, current relationship that you find that the two of you are both more self-reflecting than maybe you were in your past relationship or that one, was there Uh, an imbalance per se? A hundred percent, no. And I mean, I really believe that Justin is my match. We both equally are all about growth and learning and self-reflection. And it's not to say my ex wasn't, but I think I wasn't even in that place. I mean, I've always been, I've always been interested in self-development, but it's the layers that get peeled back as we grow and learn. And like I say, that divorce experience for me peeled back so many layers all at once. It's kind of like, it drops you to your knees. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like through that experience, I became a different person and really pushed myself to get to know who I was. And Justin, he's gone through divorce too, and he's had his own story, but he's definitely done that work too. And I feel like so many of us, whether we're divorced or not, as we get older, it's it's the wisdom that we gain through all of the the good times and the bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find like if you're you're... You're growing, you're either growing together or you're growing apart. Yeah, right. And like you said, there's there needs to be a shift on what divorce can be because, yes. you know, you're watching movies, you're watching social media, you're watching Judge Judy, you know, and it's always <laughs> so messy. Yeah, so right? messy. So messy. So you already come into this world thinking, you know, you're conditioned to think, oh my gosh, this is bad. But it doesn't have to be. You can be adults about it. You can separate. Yeah. You know, at least you can control your own adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> Adultness, I guess, in when you're, you know, kind of separating, I think. Because um, yeah, I, I also went through, I, I wasn't married, but I was engaged twice prior to marrying my husband. And it is is when we separated with my ex, 
it literally shocked my world. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like a carpet was pulled from underneath me and, you know, I felt so low. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I was 25 at the time and all my friends were married. You know, they're starting to have kids. Now I'm this single, you know, what, I'm not, I'm a cougar now. What was I then? Puma. <laughs> <laughs> single, ready to mango. Something like that, right? So, you know, they're like, oh, she's on the problem. I, I was so anti-men then because I'm like, I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. I'm going to figure, I guess. You're I'm, still like that. I'm still like that. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Don't teach this bird, okay? Um, but yeah, it, it was... And then slowly I started finding myself and what I truly wanted. And that's kind of what shifted in my relationship with my ex is I no longer wanted my life as his life. I was always catering to him, right? Because I come from, you know, a strict Polish. My dad was crazy. He still a little is dad. You know, you you are a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Henry. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, it was like, I was always taught to, you know, you need to be a good wife, you uh, a good mother, you know, you have to nurture, but then you have to be successful. You have to do it all, right? So, but what what is it for me that I'm doing, right? You're constantly, I felt like a mother, like this wasn't yeah. a relationship. I'm, I already have a child with me, you know? And I, I just said enough. And there, there came a point in my life where it's just like, I am done. I don't care what happens in and around because you know you have your relationships, you your parents, your disappointment because you have you've built bonds. But there came a point that I'm like I can't. I am emotionally checked out. I am done. Mm-hmm. I need to now start living for me because I, there's so much more life, mm. and I can't suffer. Yeah. It was suffering. Right. Yeah. So then, but and I think it's the awareness me. that comes with that, yeah. that awareness to take that step back and go, I'm not even showing up as myself anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And that's a huge part of what I love to do with when I work specifically with women. And even in the relationship coaching I do, I like to work with each individual as well. But on peeling, coming back to that, peeling that onion, peeling back those layers of figuring out. What, like the clarity around who you are and what you want. Because mm-hmm. so often we've spent years in a bubble, whether it be catering to children, husbands, partners, work life, all these things. And it's everything around us rather than what's within us. And we haven't mm-hmm. even, many of us, given that any thought of mm-hmm. what is it that I want really for me? Not for, because I've been told that's what I should want yeah. or that I've been told that's who I should be. Mm-hmm. It's about what do I need in this lifetime to truly feel fulfilled so that I can, at the end of my days, feel like proud with no regrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. In relationship and in our own personal lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sure. I love that messaging because I feel like, you know, even though our divorce rate is high and people see that as a negative thing, what I'm seeing is that more of us are taking a stand. You know, we're not having those 75-year marriages where, you know, it was 10 of it was good. <laughs> you know, so we're all really learning to have that awareness about what we want and having the courage to ask for that and to and to dream for more, which I think mm-hmm. is beautiful. Oh, you mm-hmm. nailed it. The courage. Yeah. That's a huge part. Yes. Right. And often that comes to me. I think courage comes with confidence. And it's mm-hmm. as you get to do this work of getting to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think we all know whether it's ourselves or women that we know that we all 
have at certain times felt a little less confident or a little not, you know, insecurities. And it's that work of figuring out who we are, who we were from the moment we were born, kind of the essence, the core values that make Mm. us us, what lights us up. When we get to start really digging into that, you build this confidence that almost comes naturally. It's yeah. it's maybe not mm-hmm. even a confidence as much as it's self-acceptance. I mean, that's confidence, but self-acceptance rather than just self-love. Yeah. Because I don't believe that we're going to love everything about ourselves yeah. all the time. I think that it's about loving as much as we can and accepting the things that we can't mm-hmm. change, working on the things we can change and want to change and, and sort of that process. But within that... I find it naturally happens. Like you build this confidence and you start loving who you are, the more you get to know who you are. Mm, That's so beautiful. I love that. I just had the vision of like, it's almost like uncovering that confidence that's been buried, right? Yeah, but I think we are so often looking for this like method. Like what are the steps? Mm. What do I have to do to be confident? Like tell me how, show me how. And I think if we can see the confidence as a result rather than, the action itself. Confidence comes as a result of actually getting to know who you are. Right. Oh, I like that. That's Paying nice. attention. Doing the work, mm-hmm. all that. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's good. That is good. So Jamie, what what advice would you give? Um, you know, what what are some of the things that you say to couples to, you know, kind of work within that relationship? And then I guess conversely, what would you say to someone that is on their own newly and looking to... Um, I guess that's two different questions, yeah. but like, what would you say to a couple? What What are some things that couples could do? Well, I always, I believe that there's, I call them the three C's. Yeah. And to me, those are the key elements that will transform your relationship. And that's mm. communication, mm-hmm. conflict resolution, and connection. Mm. And then of course, there's like all these other things underneath each of those, you know, areas. But it's, it's about... Using those three C's to build a stronger connection, to feel like you can get that spark back like when you first met, and to also understand each other, to be able to bury your soul to your partner and gain trust Mm -hmm. and all of those things and really start to get insight into their inner world through those communication skills, right? Right. So what do you, how do you say move people towards let's say getting better conflict resolution skills versus because I know that say people or I've heard you know if people are going through a separation or a divorce they're at the point where it's like that whole isn't this from Gottman too like the horsemen of a relationship come in like there's that anger there's that resentment all the things so how do do we get back, how do people get back to a place where they're like, okay, I'm focusing on these Mm. C's, commitment, connection, and all that, when there's all that other, you know, the horsemen's in the way. It's about awareness Mm -hmm. and desire. That's what I believe. I believe that if you have two people that want a relationship to work, it can work if they're both willing to put the effort in, right? And I think, well, I coach in an action-oriented coaching. So I believe in taking action rather than just talking about the problems. So they're both important, but I just don't think we can just talk about the problem, recognize it, and then do nothing to change. You both have to be willing to self-reflect and take actions and try things that you haven't tried before Mm -hmm. to make the change happen, right? Nothing changes if nothing changes. And Mm -hmm. so when it comes to your partner and dealing with that, it has to begin with talking 
communication and and to me the most important part of communication is listening so really becoming intentional of not just communicating what's on your mind and on your heart which is important but also making a really strong effort to hear your partner to listen to them doesn't mean you have to agree because the fact is, is conflict's going to happen. Conflict in relationships is normal. It's how you manage it. Mm-hmm. It's how you deal through the conflict. And it can actually bring you closer together, mm-hmm. right? You can have disagreements and arguments in ways that are really, really healthy because it's, in essence, it's a conversation that's letting you understand more and more about your partner. And the more you understand about them and the more they understand about you and how you feel, the closer you get, right? Mm-hmm even if you don't agree. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we talk about communication, but I don't feel like we're taught to communicate. So we don't have the tools um, on our own, right? Like we feel like we're good communicators, but unless you do work and take courses to Mm -hmm. open up your blind spots to where you're failing in communication, you're going to continuously perpetuate that cycle of, oh, uh, you feel like you're doing a good job, but your partner may not. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Lee and I always communicated, I thought, well. And then we did, we self-development uh, courses and it completely changed the way we speak to each other, the way, you know, I'm able to recognize my triggers from my past that I bring and put... Um, Project. project onto him like and then but I can stop and be like okay wait okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk away I'm gonna take a deep breath and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk and and that's where that commun- then he has an understanding because you know there's times I you know I'd go I'd go off and he's like whoa what like what just happened and I'm like okay I'm gonna take a minute and mm-hmm. I walked away came back I'm like listen actually this was a trigger from the past because this is what was happening to me and what you said brought me back to that moment and mm-hmm. I lashed out so that brings that, up two huge things that I believe in like completely and that is one self-awareness mm-hmm. and two it's it's a specific thing that I coach people through with conflict resolution that's taking a time out and it's Gottman calls it something different. So I renamed it my own thing, but it's essentially (laughs) the same. But the self-awareness piece is is first. And that comes with recognizing when you need to take a break, recognizing, whoa, what is this actually about? Mm -hmm. So with all my clients, we talk about meditation in the beginning and whether you want to call it meditation, tuning in, deep breathing, quiet time, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) It's like, it's just taking two to five minutes a day. doesn't have to be, I mean, or longer if you have it, but realistically, I believe two minutes a day of like purposely sitting down, breathing and noticing what you're feeling in your body. That is the beginning of raising your self-awareness as you create that as a new habit. Because the more you do it, the more you do it naturally throughout your day. And when it comes to arguments and disagreements with your partner, you start to have that awareness more often and going, whoa, okay, I need to take a break, which takes me to that timeout thing. Mm -hmm. So with the timeout, it's recognizing when we're in conflict, when our heart rates are starting to rise Mm -hmm. and things are starting to escalate. Mm Because when we get over a hundred beats per minute with our heart rate, we're in fight or flight response. And when you're in the fight or flight response, which is 
it's physiology. This is this is from like the beginning of time with hunters and gatherers. Their heart rate would go up when they were being chased by a bear, and it allowed the blood that was originally being shunted to their brain so they could think get shunted to your muscles so that you can run faster to save your life. So it works great back then. <laughs> when we're in a when we're in an argument with somebody, particularly our partners, it's far less effective, but if we have the awareness to go, "Oh, whoa, okay, I'm getting heated." Mm-hmm. And you'll notice it. We all know it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's we start talking louder. Mm-hmm. We start talking faster and matter. (laughs) And we say things we don't mean because when we don't have the same amount of blood, which carries our oxygen, so we don't have the same amount of oxygen going to our brain, you don't think straight. So that's when things go sideways. They get nasty. Mm -hmm. So if you can have the wherewithal to go, I need to take a break and actually follow through and give yourself 30 minutes Minimum. Not three days. No. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. And the key is to not a week in Mexico. Okay. Got it. It's, it's so true. 30 minutes. Yeah. But it's about having a plan, like having this conversation with your partner when things are good. Like today, go home and go, hey, we talked about this. What could we say to each other when we're in that time of like frustration and anger? Like something along the lines of, I'm going to take a break. I want to lower my heart rate. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you make sure you follow through and come back. Because anyone who has abandonment issues or has been left physically before, it really can trigger us, right? Mm -hmm. So And it just builds trust. Mm -hmm. And then make sure you say, like, this conversation's important to me. I will be back. Mm -hmm. And then when you go, the trick with this is you don't go and stew and continue to sit in that anger, phone your mom and bitch and complain about your partner or your best friend or whatever. Like it's about getting your mind off of it. So whether you go for a walk or go work out or um, read a book, watch a show, go to sleep, I don't care, have a bath, lower your heart rate, get your mind off of it. And it is so cool what happens in that space because nine times out of 10, all of a sudden you start thinking, oh, what was the big deal? Yeah. Or oh shoot, I shouldn't have said that. That was all me or whatever. So then when you go back to this important conversation with your partner, more often than not, you're ready to apologize, own your stuff, Mm -hmm. or at least go, you know what, let's try this again. And let's like really try and keep our voices low and and stay calm. And let's really listen to each other. Mm -hmm. And that can be a game changer. So for anybody who has heavy conflict that's uh, you know, where it gets heated, where like mm-hmm. people have tempers, right? When it's like that, you've got to really make sure you're taking time out so you can have effective conversation rather than being spiked. Yeah, and look inside. Yeah. I always say, look in the mirror and mm. see what you're bringing to the conversation. And are you actually adding value or now are you being spiteful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or are you just wanting to be right? You want to yeah. prove, even though you're wrong, prove that you're right. right. Yeah. Owning your, like you said, owning your own shit. Mm. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and for sure. becoming more aware of like, what am I doing that is triggering or which buttons am yeah. I pressing? Because we know our partner's buttons. Yeah. And we just have to keep our fingers off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. In this conversation, but yeah. it's hard. Yeah. So that's why, you know, the, yeah. the communication courses, develop whatever is so important yeah. because we don't have those tools. Yeah. Yeah. We we sure know how to pull the trigger. Yeah. But yeah. But oh, what's yeah. so cool about doing the work with your partner is that you're learning these tools together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for this example of the timeout, like 
he or she is hearing it at the exact same time you are and you're learning this new skill. So when you're in a fight and your partner all of a sudden says, I'm going to take a break. I'll be back. And, you know, they they give you the line that you've mm-hmm. planned out. You get it. It's not like this is like, well, where are you going? Like, it's mm-hmm. not a surprise. Yeah. You're like, and if anything, it builds respect because you're like, oh, they're trying. They're putting effort in. They're practicing yeah. what we just learned. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I get it. Let's do it. Yeah, take right. a minute. And I mean, maybe I'm, I'm like... <laughs> For lack of better words, sugarcoating it a bit. But the fact is, it's because it's not always that smooth and beautiful mm-hmm. when yeah, you're actually right. in the heat of things. <laughs> but you will notice it after. And it does shift the energy between two people when you know that your partner is trying. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. that makes sense. So what would you say, Jamie, to someone who, you know, in dynamics, it's great when both partners are willing to change. But what happens when in a lot of circumstances, one partner is willing, not willing to take accountability and not willing and not even maybe recognizing that there is a need for change? What would you coach in that regard? I often work with, you know, the one person at a time. And even right now, actually, I'm working with a couple down in California that they're not ready. They're going through some pretty heavy stuff and they're not ready to do it together. Mm. Um, But they want to do the work. So I'm working with them each individually and it's still relationship work. Uh, They're learning tools and Mm. they're learning how to understand more clearly what they're feeling, why they're feeling it. And then I can work with them one-on-one to help coach them through what it would look like if, if and when they do talk to their partner about it. And then they're both learning these skills at the same time again, right? And even though they're not quite ready to be having those hard conversations together, that that will come with time. But we also work on the personal growth Mm -hmm. because I do believe that's, you know, a huge part, like I said before, of, of having that positive impact on your relationship is being willing to work on yourself. So it's also understanding the role of of what you're bringing to the table and working to shift that. Because sometimes, more often than not, actually, your partner will match that. Mm. It's hard to understand it till you're in it. But when they see you doing the work, self-reflecting, showing like these shifts that they will notice within you, it, 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 brings you closer together. Yeah, it probably it, changes it kind the dynamic. Of, it changes the dynamic and yeah. it starts to bring a closer connection. And so often then that other partner is kind of like curious. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, well maybe, and you know, because maybe even in the beginning, I'm only working with one partner, but they oftentimes will get curious and decide, you know what, I'd be willing to try it. I'll try it on my own first or whatever. How it, There's lots of ways we can do that, but it's definitely possible as far as I'm concerned, mm. to change your relationship, even if you're just working with one of the people. Plus I give homework, right? So yeah. you get these pieces of homework every time we work together, what you're going to take away with you that oftentimes is an exercise. You can sit down over coffee or wine or tea or whatever in the evening, spend 15 minutes and do the exercise together and just kind of say, hey, like, I know you're not interested in doing the the coaching with me, but this is part of my homework. Could we just try having this conversation? Mm-hmm. And then you show it to them and they can read it for themselves. And then you can kind of do it together. And that also, again, you're 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 still able to see tangible shifts in the relationship, even when one per when one person is the one kind of 
initially starting Leading to do the, the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. 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 And you also call yourself a self-expert as well. So you deal with personal growth one-on-one and aside even just from relationships. And so you had mentioned that you focus a lot on anxiety and growing within your and developing yourself. So tell us a little bit about that. So much of what I coach is based on what I've gone through. You know, I've done the training. I did my life coaching training levels one and two. And then I went on to do my Gottman training for relationships. Mm. And so that's all there. But at the same time, I'm drawn to doing the work with people that I have done myself and Mm -hmm. I know works and I've seen it with other clients work. And so I've developed this, you know, toolbox of techniques of taking action in your life to see these shifts. And I, and I just really believe that for all of us, like we were talking about before, the only person we can change is ourselves. So when we've like, so many of us, I'm sure, can relate to this. The micromanaging, the looking outside of yourself, like to wanting everybody and everything else to change mm. rather than looking within when the most powerful shift we can do is 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 shifting ourselves. Because when we when we look outside of ourselves, we're giving our power away because we have zero control over making anybody else change. That's an inside job, mm-hmm. right? So I love working on, you know, building confidence, really understanding who you are mm-hmm. and knowing the direction you want to go. So you're getting really clear on what lights you up, what makes you more of yourself, what makes you feel good. So it's building that confidence and self-understanding up. And with that, like it just continues this upward spiral of growth. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing it. So I, and I often work with women who have gone through divorce. Cause again, that's something that I can relate to. I've been there and there's such a huge need because divorce can rock us, especially, you know, when it's happening and everything in your life, you thought you had planned out. Mm-hmm. When you get married, you don't get married thinking, well, I'll get divorced in 10 years and then I'll start all over <laughs> right. again. Yeah. You get married thinking, okay, this is it. So you you kind of just life. think, you kind of forget about it in a way, like we got it all figured out. And f- some of us, like myself, that divorce might just like come out of left field mm-hmm. when you least expect it. And it just rocks your world. And all of a sudden you're going, well, now what? Mm. Yeah. Didn't plan for this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you st- it, it really does, it can send you into this spiral of like, who am I? And what what am I going to do? And am I ever going to meet someone again if that's something that's important to you? Or like, am I ever going to feel happy again? Am I ever going, because you can get really stuck in those heavy, yeah. heavy emotions yeah. and through any hard time, but divorce is a big one. And probably feeling like, do I want to again? You know, being that fear of being hurt and fear of, you know, for lack of a better word, trading another, <laughs> trading another one. <laughs> it brings up so many trust issues and it's, right. it's yeah. scary. It's, it's also learning through that confidence piece. It's learning how to step into your fears because yeah. it is going to feel scary. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you think that in general, when it comes to relationships, like as a society, that we set 
people up for success to really understand what a relationship is? Or do you think there's still like, I'm thinking about kids right now and like how Disney movies or romance novels and all the uh, rom-coms, like everything we set up to be like, and it all comes to this accumulation of these people are together and in love, but then we don't <laughs> talk about, oh, and it's going to be effing hard. Right? It's not going to be. It's easy. so true. Everything you're saying. No, I think that in our societies, we could do like so much of a better job if we taught our kids in school, in front, at home, everywhere, how to communicate mm-hmm. and how to have healthy relationships. I think our statistics on divorce, which is over 50%. So it's just shocking when you hear that. Because mm-hmm. when you get married, you're not like, well, there's a 50-50 chance, like <laughs> high, high, high five, let's, <laughs> fingers crossed, right? It's like, you don't know. And so I think that if we taught our kids how to effectively communicate, you know, obviously not in a relationship marriage at that point when they're kids, it's even just with their peers and with their family, Mm -hmm. how to work through problems together, how to conflict, you know, resolve conflicts. Yeah. I think that our marriages moving forward would be completely different, Mm. but I also think it's changed, right? I think our, our whole world is changing. My parents were married and beautifully. I talk about this all the time for 62 years. I never heard them fight a day in my life. And often people's first response is, well, that, you know, they were holding something in or they're pushing things on the right. I can guarantee you my parents, they were maybe a freak of nature, (laughs) but they they were a perfect match. So it can happen, but it's not the norm. norm. Mm -hmm. And our, you know, especially in a world where, you know, back then your your roles, my parents were, um, you know, born in the thirties. Your roles were very clearly defined. As a man, you are the breadwinner, you go to work, you provide. As a woman, you nurture, you take care of the kids and raise the family. Like, And that was very black and white for them. And I think when you have a relationship that your roles are so clearly defined, it, yeah. it really does take out a lot of the conflict. And it also helps that my parents were both so in love with each other and incredibly loyal and trusting, right? Mm. But look at today's society it's completely different. We have women equally in the workplace. Yeah. We are sharing all of our roles and it's it's not so cut and dry. Yeah, totally. And I think we're afraid to have those conversations. Like I was just thinking about with kids um, and raising my two daughters. As, as kids, you know, sometimes, certainly in my family, we weren't encouraged to speak our truth and, and to encourage to think about what do you want in life? You know, there was not that kind of talk where I think we're having those conversations with our kids now. Yeah. And so hopefully this generation coming up will go into relationships more self-aware and knowing already who they are and what they want is my hope. Um, I feel like for myself, my generation, I'm sure you guys can attest, we sort of bumbled through things and kind of learned about ourselves along the way. And I think it is necessary to evolve in relationships and figure out who you are. But wouldn't it be lovely if you did all that, a lot of that work already and had conflict resolution and communication and boundaries and ability to stand up for yourself and and have an idea of what you want, right? Totally. Well, and I think as women, it is human nature that we are born just slightly more able 
to yeah. naturally communicate our feelings for a lot of reasons. And that was really nurtured in us, you know, growing up it was like, oh, how do you feel? And we kind of got, you know, yeah. we get like coddled a little bit as little girls. So that's how it was, mm-hmm. right? But little boys didn't get that. And they weren't, they were taught, if anything, not to feel their feelings. Yeah, no yeah, crying. You know, cry. don't cry, tough it out. Like, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think that that too leaves men now going, well, I was never taught like, I don't even know how to feel my feelings. I don't yeah. even know what I feel. Whereas it's so natural, I believe, for us to go like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so sad. I'm so angry. <sighs> I'm so whatever. Whereas a lot of men, I think it's changing, but there's a lot of men out there that that is a really uncomfortable place to go. To mm-hmm. say, I feel hurt mm-hmm. or sad, especially those feelings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if anything, those men were more like it was more reinforced in them to act out their emotions through fighting, hitting, punching, like with aggressive kind mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a stereotype, but I just really have, have seen it, right? And I think it is working with couples. I see it all the time that it is not a comfortable place for a lot of men to start having these deeper conversations and really learning how to recognize what it is they're actually feeling. Yeah. So if we could teach our boys and girls that now as children to start going, well, I like those, I feel statements, which are so, so important when it comes to relationships to own it, to say, this is how I'm feeling rather than pointing the finger and blame. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, if we did that now, our little boys, our little girls will go into relationships one day and that will be a natural, easy thing for them. And I just think that would make the world a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're raising two boys. I am. And how old are they? <laughs> they are 10 and 12, almost 13, Charlie and Oliver. And so you have open discussions with them and you raise them in this fashion? I try. Yeah. <laughs> As we all do. What's so interesting is Oliver, like the, I, like I'm, I think many of us who have more than one child, mm-hmm. they're so freaking different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oliver, he is so, so beyond his years in speaking his emotions, his feelings. Mm-hmm. He can articulate it so well. It's Good job, incredible. <laughs> I, I'll take, you know, I'll take some of the credit, but no, I think a lot of it is just who he is. And also he's had a lot of struggles since mm. the time he started kindergarten and he's been through a lot of counseling and therapy because mm. of that. And I think it's kind of a silver lining to those struggles is that he has learned through all of that to really be in tune mm. with what he's feeling in his body. Mm. So it's, be- a, it's a gift. beautiful it's a effect gift, of it. Yeah. Yeah. But Charlie, it's not to say he's bad at it. It is just not his natural way of being. And I can see the struggle and I try so hard, but it's really, really tough for him to speak of his feelings. I think he is somebody who takes more time to process also. Mm. So he might have a feeling or an emotion, but it might take him 24 hours to be able to say, mom, this is what was going on. Mm. So it's it's hard for me because as a mom, I mean, we all are like where you're like, what's going on? Tell me what's wrong. What's yeah. wrong? What's the problem? Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. And he looks at me and he, if anything, he gets mad. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm in a place of learning how to go, okay, he's not just like me too, because mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more like Oliver, like it's face value. You, it's yeah. all out. Right now. Yeah. And I'll tell you exactly how I'm feeling, but it's tougher for him. I'm, I'm hoping, and I do believe that over time, it's something that you learn. Yeah. We just have to foster that a little bit. 
And then yeah. he'll learn maybe a process for himself. Like you said, even if it takes 24 hours, that it comes out is important, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and even that in 24 hours, he's able to recognize, oh, you know, that was sadness or versus like anger, that was resentment or whatever it was, then that's cool. Like even if it's 24 hours later. Well, and I think it's also comes back to what we were saying about the fight or flight stuff. Like when he is in that emotion, mm-hmm. whether it's sadness, anger, whatever, he, like me sitting there poking the bear going, tell me what's wrong, isn't helping him, yeah. right? For him, he, that is not the time for him. It takes him to be able to like go through it, process it, but also come back to a place of, of calm and happy or, you know, neutral at least. And then all of a sudden it becomes clear in his mind. So I think for him, it's this, he, he can't go there yet. It, it's not at all on the forefront for him to even understand himself what he's feeling. Yeah. My kids, um, I, I'm the one that's like, what's going on? Like, tell me what, you know, and Kate, um, she, she internalizes things. She doesn't want to talk. And I want to try to force it out of her. But then I've learned over the last year or so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 years, um, our pillow talks, right? Uh, That's yes. when she opens up. Yeah. Because then it's just one-on-one because I have twins, right? Mm-hmm. So we struggle with the one-on-one. Yeah. Um, so, but the bit, pillow talks is when I'm in individual rooms and then I... I ask, you know, how did you feel? How, what's going on? And then she's like verbal diarrhea. Isn't it interesting? It's like learning your kids. You have Mm -hmm. to learn it. And I don't know if you guys have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages. So I refer to that a lot. Um, I love that book. I don't think it's like gospel, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And same goes like for our partners, but also with our kids Mm -hmm. is to really start paying attention to what their language of love is, what makes them feel loved and what makes them sort of light up and and feel seen and heard, right? And to me, we're all different that way. And you can really see it in kids because you just Mm -hmm. have to try and do all the ways and see what they respond better Mm -hmm. to. Yeah, But it's just that paying attention, right? Because they're not necessarily going to feel loved the same way we do. do. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you coach uh, going back to the love languages? Um, you have a couple and they're obviously uh, my love language is different than his love language. And I am not a natural like f- touch, feel, hug, you know, like that. And he is like, he just wants to be petted. My kids <laughs> want to be petted. Yeah. in my house is pet me, pet me. And I'm like, why is this? I think it's a test. <laughs> Right. So how would you coach somebody, let's say like me, who my, you know, is acts of service and he knows that and he does a really well, like a good job in, in showing me his love um, through that. Although his was, you know, uh, affirmations towards, I'm like, talk is cheap. I need to see, (laughs) right? I need some acts of service. I need some action. (laughs) Uh, But for me, you know, it is like he comes into my space when I'm cooking or cleaning and he wants a hug and he wants a kiss and I just want to poke him with a fork. Like, why are you in my space? So how do you coach somebody? <laughs> this is so touchy, touchy. It's so important. And this is a great, great like conversation to have with your partner. I think that it is comes back to communication mm-hmm. and it comes back to letting your partner into your inner world 
And also understanding that relationships are a little bit of give and take, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding consciously that as much as that's not, that doesn't fill you up. If anything, it might make you uncomfortable, but are you willing to kind of meet halfway and, and try or find ways that maybe it's, you know, to let him know, like when you do that, when I'm cooking and I'm busy, if anything, it just fires me up and makes me mad. He does it on purpose. He squeezes me and he's like, Oh, you know, I know know, he can feel my energy. But, but just, yeah. yeah, but communicate and go, but yeah. I would, you know, let's, let's have more of that physical contact when we're watching a movie on the couch or when we're whatever, or holding hands when you're walking outside or finding different ways that work for you mm-hmm. and to be able to communicate. So, cause when you let your partner understand the why behind it, even sharing things like this isn't how I was raised. You have to understand like when I grew up, this is how my family was, X, Y, and Z. And once your partner starts to understand that more, they can come show up in those situations with a little more compassion rather than defense. Mm-hmm. And and when they start to understand you, but it's as far as the love language book goes, it's all, you know, the theory behind that is the more you're able to receive in your language, the more energy you have to give in their language. Oh, that's good. It is good. But the tricky part is, is someone's got to go first, right? right? Like it's kind of like someone's got to start that upward yeah. spiral. But it's it's when we have those open conversations and saying like, I don't necessarily love it when you invade my space when I'm busy, but I'm going to try to like accept that a little more because I know that that's going to really make you happy or whatever it is. That's just an example, right? But I think it really does come down to communication. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and Jamie, you talk a little bit about, you said you have some good little tips and tricks for us about um, anxiety and how to deal with that and personal accountability. What are some of those little tips and tricks that you were giving me a hint about? Yeah, I really, really think this is so important in all levels of growth, relationship and personally is that self-awareness bit with tuning into what you're feeling in your body. Mm. And when we start to have a different understanding of what we're feeling and why we're feeling it and recognizing in the moment, it can shift our perspective on it. Like for me, anxiety is a word that I'm very... Near, near, like it's very um, You're familiar with familiar with yes thank you and so when I have started to like become more aware of that feeling and rather than reacting to it choosing my actions and recognizing ah okay I need to tune in what is this about and start mm-hmm. starting to understand patterns it doesn't mean you're going to immediately understand it yeah it's just paying attention, noticing without judgment, and then starting to do things that are going to help you rather than hinder you, right? And I think so often, as we all sit here with our coffees, <laughs> and Bailey's. right? But just understand, <laughs> <laughs> the Bailey's will help. <laughs> but just understanding the pattern behind it, going like, is if every time, this is an example, but a lot of us can relate to this. If every time I have a coffee, I'm riddled with anxiety and then I show up with my family like a monster with short temper and whatever, because mm-hmm. that for me, I you know, that's my anxiety does that to me. I don't show up as my best self yeah. when I'm in that space, but starting to understand the pattern going, okay, well, maybe I could eliminate the coffee or maybe if mm-hmm. I have coffee later in the morning or 
less coffee or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And understanding what it is that's triggering anxiety. And that may be a process over time, Mm -hmm. but it's about raising that awareness. So I really do believe in tuning in, deep breathing, taking two minutes a day to begin with at least. And then if you choose to do more, great. But I know that we can all afford to schedule in two minutes a day. I find mm-hmm. the two minutes, um, I tell my clients in the morning when you're in bed and you're waking up, just lay in your shavasana, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, palms up, take that, that deep breath and just kind of tune into yourself. Because once the day starts, it's over for me until the kids go to bed and yeah. then I'm like, I'm out myself. The two minutes I'll be sleeping. But I reflect <laughs> in, in the mornings before, you know, I, I kind of scan my body, how am I feeling? Um, and then just, you know, work through that to set myself up for the day. It's such you know? a great way to become intentional. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of this is about. Awareness is about raising the awareness to showing up intentionally in your life and two minutes in the morning, Mm -hmm. we can all do that. We just make excuses. Right. And I, you know, I get clients to schedule it in and it sounds so forced and it is, it feels awkward at first. Like even, you know, whether it be relationship stuff or tuning in meditating, but scheduling it in because anything that we actually make happen in our day, our doctor's appointments, our kids, soccer games, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, we schedule it in and we make it happen. Mm-hmm. If we don't schedule, at least I'll speak for myself. If I don't have it scheduled in, chances are it's not happening. Yeah. So like if I think, well, I'll okay. try. <laughs> if I say I'll try, but I don't schedule it in, it's probably yeah. not going to happen. Like schedule in and going, okay, at 7 a.m., I'm going to do two minutes of meditation right before I have the shower or whatever it is. But also using it in real time. So when your kids are psychotic in the moment and you're having a moment at home and the anxiety is through the roof and you're angry and you're all the things having that moment of awareness going this is what she was talking about I need to take a break <laughs> time, go, out. Case right, time out go yeah. lock yourself Sorry. in the bathroom if you have to two minutes and just breathe yeah. tune into your body and come back to that place where you're not in fight or flight anymore yeah and just notice and just start noticing what that feels like. Cause I promise you, the more you do it, the more you'll do it. Yeah. And just noticing, paying attention. And then what the cool like response that often will take place after you start this practice is it's like you will start having answers mm. in the sense of you'll start to go, oh, I understand this differently now. Mm. You'll start to see the patterns and it allows you to make that other shift in your life to like, so that it's happening less often. Yeah. Right. What I love so much about that too, is that then you're modeling that behavior for your kids, right? The, okay, I'm flustered. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to walk away. And that just shows them how to handle that conflict resolution, I guess, a little bit better. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think they even like teach it in school. Now they call it flipping your lid. Cause I've said that to Evie a few times. I'm like, oh, hang on. I'm just flipping my lid. I need a minute. And she was like, that's what they taught her in the SEL or whatever it is, social emotional regulation class. So, oh, that's that's good. See, isn't it cool that they even have that now? Like, like that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is. It's, 
if we had been taught that in school, yeah. I think all of us anxious moms right now wouldn't be so anxious. <laughs> There'd be a lot of less lids flipping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe it wouldn't be so hard on ourselves. I think yeah. a lot of, I can speak for myself, you know, if when we do have a moment where it's, we kind of get hard on ourselves about like, why can't I handle this? Or why am I being like this? Where it's the human condition, you know, it's just about handling it with grace, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I need yeah. a little bit more grace in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and when it comes to that anxiety, like you, you were asking me about I, what I've loved that I have done in my own life, like f- for real. And I've seen such a huge like benefit to my relationship with Justin is learning to speak of my anxiety differently and sharing it with him mm. because I started to notice through my own self-awareness, self-awareness journey was when I feel anxious I start micromanaging. Mm. I'm a total bitch, very short-tempered, lose it with my kids, like all Mm -hmm. of those things. But I would never explain it. It would just like show up that way. And it was like, because I wasn't really aware. Yeah. But once I started noticing and paying attention what I was feeling in my body, I have that moment of like, freak, I'm anxious right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then if I can in that moment notice it and then choose to share that with Justin and go, hey, I'm so sorry if I've already been acting like a bitch, right? (laughs) I'm sorry I'm acting like this. I just realized how anxious I am. I don't know why I'm anxious or maybe you do share that. I don't even know why I'm anxious, but I'm sorry. I just need to take a break or whatever that conversation might look like. But sharing with your partner or your kids what's happening for you to gain that opening up your inner world to your partner so they can understand you. The beautiful thing that happened for me and that can happen for others is all of a sudden Justin's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I was wondering what was wrong. And then he can say something often like, well, do you need, do you need me? What can I do? How can I help? Like versus if I don't say anything at all, I just show up like that psycho mom bitch that's like (laughs) trying to tell everybody what to do. More often than not, he digs in and 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 will get defensive or angry yeah. or you know fight back with me a bit or like push back right yeah. yeah and it's it's like you can save so many arguments yeah. mm-hmm. while at the same time allowing your family to come to you with compassion rather than frustration mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah, letting them in is is key telling them what's yeah. going on because then you know you don't give them the chance to create their own stories of what's going on exactly right yeah. that will bring up whatever his crap from the past is mm-hmm. and right. then it turned like a little thing that shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. turns into this holy shit how did we get here exactly yeah. so over yeah, one little thing over, that turned yeah, into that wasn't even <laughs> we you know, created like, a huge the great story war of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamie, honestly, we could talk to you for, you know, this could be a, a week long episode. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because we switch, Jamie. Yeah. We, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but we do have a couple of rapid fire questions that we would love to uh, send your way, Alex. Okay. Well, our number one rapid fire question was what is a moment in motherhood where you felt like really proud? Like you were like, oh, this is a real win. Almost win is what we framed it as. It has to be a moment or, or like a time, a period of time. To me, it was after my divorce. To me, it, like that was the first thing that right away came up when you said that is as hard as it was during that time, there was, I, it was like, a, maybe it was a moment, but where I was like, if, if I'm not okay, my kids won't be okay. And whether or not that's the truth, 
I'll never know, but Mm. it was the motivation I needed within me to trust that I could get through it and that I was going to because I needed my kids to be okay. And it pushed me to rise. And I'm really, really proud to say that those kids are more than okay Mm -hmm. through that divorce and everything. And I feel like I and we, as in our whole group of people raising these boys now, um, have stepped up and done it in a beautiful way. It doesn't have mm. to be all terrible. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. that's really yeah. nice. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I almost don't want to give the next know, question. Yeah. For <laughs> it was like we always ask, you know, what's the time that you really? Just because you know, we as moms, we walk around there and we are always so hard on ourselves. Yeah, and people can always relate. But what's the time where you felt like you know, oh, like I've really not botched this, but like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, this is a moment of regret, but then you realize, no, I should have had a little more compassion for myself. But is there a moment There's that- one. This is, this is like, I'm, I'm going in on this one and this is how much of an open book I am. Cause this is, I bring so much shame, but with my ex, we had a huge fight. Well, we've had many, we had many, <laughs> but, um, and I smashed his phone on the floor um, we had a tile floor in front of my kids and like, I, I went a little, yeah, well, there was a little bit of rage was happening. <laughs> um, that I'm not proud of. And that was something to this day, the boys remember it. They laugh about it, which thank God, yeah. but they're like, remember when you broke dad's phone? <laughs> I, that is something I really, really regret. And I think where I should have more kindness, and I do, is around the fact that there was reasons I got to that point. Yeah. There was reasons I think any of us can relate to when we are not feeling heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. or trapped. Or over everything. and yeah. over and over again, we mm-hmm. don't feel heard. It can trigger some some rage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So yeah, I've learned. I've learned. No more phones are getting smashed. No more phones. <laughs> or, or maybe you might you might want to hide your phone. Like Justin, it's time to put away your yeah. phone. Um, no. Okay. So we'll end it on a high. But like, what would you say for people out there, um, maybe struggling with in their life and thinking, oh, like maybe they're going through a divorce or they're in a tum- like a time of turmoil? What for you was like a really? I know, like you met Justin, like, but. Anything specific that you were like, you know, this is a really positive thing that came out of it, a big positive learning experience. Is there something you can leave people with that that high on? Yeah, the whole divorce Mm. was tough, Mm -hmm. more than tough. It was devastating. But knowing where I am now and knowing that as much as I didn't understand it at the time, and that is the key, I think so often when we're in the struggle, we don't get the big picture yet. And I think it's learning to surrender to that, accept that, okay, it will one day be clear. Mm -hmm. I will understand this one day because without that series of events happening, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm -hmm. It pushed me towards so much growth, but also so much courage. And being able to lean into my fears in such like, well, not even just leaning into my fears. Like I jumped head on in and, and yeah, here I am. And you just got to let go. The more yeah. you stand there, the more fear. And, yeah. yeah. And the other side of fear is freaking amazing. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, oh, we love talking yeah. to you. This, this is, is so, so great. Amazing. Before we go, can you just tell everyone where they can find you? We'll put it on our 
Uh, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Find me at the Jamie Morgan on Instagram. That is where I do majority of my like social media stuff. Um, also Facebook, Jamie Morgan Coaching. Mm. And my website is jamiemorgan.com. I would love if anybody is interested, just reach out in the link in my bio. You can, I'll, I'll give it to you guys so you yep. can post it, but um, you can book a free discovery call and we can mm. chat about the different ways we can work together, whether it be a private coaching, relationship coaching, or a group program. Awesome. 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 Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, we love having you. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.